Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. This is Justin Monorail, and joining me is... Samantha Monorail. We're doing a special intro today because we have a very special episode. It is Thanksgiving week. I know. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope you're already thawing your turkeys because that takes two to three weeks at a time, I think. Or you could be like me and just go pick one up somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. If you've got a local uh, honey-baked ham, they can help you or, and by the way, not sponsored, um, (laughs) or even Bojangles has a good turkey that you can pick up. Yep. You know, there's a lot of options out there. I think you can get one from Cracker Barrel. Yeah, but I'm going honey-baked ham. They're pretty good. (laughs) So you can let other people do the work for you. That's what we're saying. I'm just making sides. Or do it yourself. And here's what I say. Wrap that thing in bacon. Just wrap it in bacon and then put it in the oven and let the bacon seal in the juices and infuse it with bacon juice as well. And that is a delicious turkey. That's fine. I did that once. I made a turkey breast for us one time and I wrapped it in bacon. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. I know. Proof is in the turkey. Yeah, but I just don't want to take all that time cooking. (laughs) Yeah. But make sure you thaw it before the day of Thanksgiving because that is a rookie mistake. Don't yeah. And don't drop a frozen turkey into a fryer either because that's recipe yeah. for disaster. And take the bag of the other stuff out of the turkey oh, yeah. cavity. <laughs> All the giblets and whatnot, you got to pull that out. Don't don't cook that either. That's it's usually wrapped in plastic. No, you take those no out it's and a eat paper. Them. You, it's paper. Oh, okay. You take that out and you eat it raw, and that's the first step to officially like cook your turkey the right way this is a really bad ceremonial just stop just stop (laughs) okay we're rambling a little bit and it's just because we're just having a good time we were going to have a more traditional episode for you today with your three segment style monday morning monorail podcast but one of the segments we recorded was so much fun that ended up going a lot longer than we expected it to so it is going to be the show It is. We're very excited for you to hear it. We've got some very special guests joining us, people who have never been on the show with us before. I thought they had, because I feel (laughs) like I know them. I've heard their voices so many times that I felt like I'd talked to them before. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And you may have also heard their voices on a wonderful show called the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Yes. We are, of course talking about Tom and Michelle, and they are fantastic people. We were so excited to have them on the show, and we had a wonderful time talking to them. Yes, they're the nicest. Yeah, I hope we get to have them again someday, and and even we even chatted about potentially going on their show, which I think would be a lot of fun. Next time, uh, we'll bring the whole Monorail family, and it'll be chaos like it was (laughs) with the switcheroo skidoo. (laughs) Yeah, um, (laughs) it's hard to handle that many voices (laughs) in a room. I struggle just on a regular show and then you add in guests and things get pretty nuts but i do think frank and jen like to you know they stir the pot a little bit oh yeah they they like when the kids go nuts yeah i think so and they like seeing my face get red when uh-huh. i'm trying to keep us on track <laughs> 
But we do like having people on. It is the holiday season, and it's fun to gather around the virtual table with our friends and family and... I think one of my favorite things, I've said it many times about this podcast and and the interactions that we have on social media is just the friendships that we've gained, the people that we've met. I feel very lucky because I think we've surrounded ourselves with some very awesome people in the Twitter and Facebook and Instagram community that yeah. love Disney and they're really good people. Yeah, yeah. So I hope you all enjoy listening to that. Before we get to that, I want to remind you, we are doing a fundraiser for Give Kids the World. It's a, as Frank would say, a competition. Yes. Between us and Dillo's Diz. We are halfway to the goal that we set now, by the way. Ah. Officially. That's awesome. Yeah. But that means we're creeping ever closer to that $1,000 marker, which will lead to our next challenge. Um, If you want to see Samantha put on a blindfold and then put makeup all over my bearded face, then you need to donate because we're almost there, and I know that that's something that you all would probably enjoy seeing. Yeah. I'm not looking very forward to that one, but it's for the kids, so it's okay. And if you want to help us, we've got links on our website, mondaymorningmonorailpodcast.com. I have pinned a tweet where we did the ice bucket challenge, and it also has the link to our supporter page. And I think I you've pinned, pinned it on yours. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's at what's your handle? J-O-L-I-S-A-M-I. Right. So people can go to there. They can go to at Morning Monorail. Um, I mean, if you have trouble finding our supporter page, you can email us mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. If you need a link, I can send it to you. But help us. We're raising money all the way up till December 30th. And you know, we got to beat those dillos. Yeah. So. Frank and leader husband. Frank and leader husband. (laughs) Yeah. And one last thing. If you happen to listen to Switcheroo Skidoo Part 2, hashtag Save the Muppets Edition, over on Theme Park Thursday with Dillos Diz, we made a very special announcement at the end of that episode. And I am now excited to officially announce it here on the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. And that is, of course... We are officially partnering with our very good friend, Nick Salcedo, at Capture the Magic Vacations. He is a Disney travel planning expert, and he is now part of the Monday Morning Monorail family officially. Yes. Yeah. So what we're going to do from now on, you're going to hear us tell you all the good things that Nick can do for you on this podcast. If you work with Nick and let him know that we sent you, you're going to get a Disney gift card. That's a big deal. For your next travel to the Disney World parks, which is very nice. Listen, we all know planning is complicated when it comes to Walt Disney World. You've got 25 different resorts. You've got four theme parks, two water parks. And then you throw in that you've got to plan at least 180 days in advance for those dining reservations. At least 60 days in advance for those Fast Pass Plus (laughs) selections. There's so much to think about. So much to do. Who? How do you really know what park you're going to be on right. on what day? Like 180 days in advance, 60 days. It's right. very hard. It is. It's a lot. It can be stressful. Why don't you just take the stress out of that situation? Give Nick a call. Email Nick. Go to his website. Here's how you can get in touch with him. Nick.salcedo at ctmvagent.com that's nick.salcedo at ctmvagent.com email him directly you can also go to the website website capture the magic vacations.com slash agent slash nick dash salcedo and toss him 
the keys. Let him take control of that planning, and and all of your worries will drift away. Yeah, it'll truly be a magical vacation. It will. And you know what? He's going to make a plan for you that is uniquely tailored to your tastes. Mm -hmm. He's going to get to know what your preferences are, what's important to you on a Walt Disney World vacation, and he's going to make sure that you have a truly memorable experience. You know how he does that? He's a graduate of Disney's College of Disney Knowledge. That's awesome. Like, he is a seriously... Like certified Disney expert. That's so awesome. That's we're amazing. not. No, I tell I you all the time. <laughs> I tell you all the time. We're not, but Nick is. Yeah. So work with Nick, and like I said, let him know Monday Morning Monorail sent you, and you will get a Disney disc gift card. So thank you, Nick. We're so excited to be partnering with you. Very excited to see where we go on this journey together. Yeah, now that he's part of the family, I'm going to have to start feeding him and fattening him up <laughs> him, like I do everybody else. <laughs> him and those girls. He has yeah, it, several cute little girls. That, yeah. You know, they're growing girls. They're going to be hungry. I know. And so. his wife, they all need to eat. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Without further ado, this is episode number 84 of the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. This is November the 25th, and it's Thanksgiving week. Thank you so much for listening. We are now going to go ahead and take a little break. And when we come back, Tom and Michelle are going to join us. What did you want to say? One more thing. Yeah. I am thankful for our Diz family. Thank you, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Now, Tom and Michelle. (laughs) And here are Tom and Michelle. Welcome back to the monorail. You know, guys, it's Thanksgiving week, and we wanted to celebrate appropriately. What's Thanksgiving about, aside from overeating and, you know, making sure that you watch a little football between naps? Pilgrims and Indians. Okay. And candy corn. All right. No, uh, no. Right. That is right out. (laughs) No candy corn. Well, I like to say it's about friends and family and coming together and spending time with the people that you love. Oh, yeah. Don't you think that's part of it, too? A little bit. Okay. Well, in that spirit, we decided that, you know, last year during Thanksgiving time, we had some people come on the show. It was a really nice way to spend the holidays, and we wanted to do it again this year. And we are so excited because the individuals that we got to join us today are people that we have known through social media and through the podcasting world for a while. We've been communicating with them, and we've been trying to set something up, and it just hasn't worked out. I seriously like, thought I already talked to thought, them. <laughs> Sam thought maybe they had already been on the podcast because we talked about it probably. And, and uh, then also, like we said, like you, you listen to podcasts, you feel like you've talked to these people. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so, but we're so excited and, and I, I don't want to delay any further. So let's welcome them in. It is Tom and Michelle from Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Tom and Michelle, hello. Hi. Uh, hi. Justin, Samantha, thanks yeah. you for inviting us into your home for this uh, Thanksgiving celebration. Yeah, happy <laughs> holidays. <laughs> yes. It's our Friendsgiving. Friendsgiving. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I have an important question. Stuffing or dressing? Dressing. 
stuffing. Uh-huh. We'll it, I still will, I still will call it stuffing, but it, technically it's dressing, and that's the chef in me coming oh, okay. through. So, I, so, so we argue about this every year. I call year. it stuffing, <laughs> whether it's stuffed in something or on a. I stuff it into a casserole dish, you know. Yeah. stuffing. Right, right. Yeah, that's well, um, we've got to divide. <laughs> yes, uh, I will probably technically I I will sit there. I would still call it stuffing. Yeah, uh, but. Realistically, it's dressing. Technically, yeah. unless it's actually in the bird, unless it's so. in the bird. See, yes. that's what I always say. And we never make it in the bird. It's always just in a casserole dish, which means dressing. Well, it's not <laughs> safe to cook it in a bird, from what that's I understand. Right. It's, it's it's a little dangerous. Yeah, you could get like <laughs> little, some kind of salmonella. You don't want to spend your Thanksgiving on the toilet. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> preferably not. That's not that. <laughs> Although some people like you know, depending on your family, man. <laughs> Just get away for a little while. Might be a good place to hide. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no privacy at all around here. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Justin. If he goes in the bathroom, we're all like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> that's that's just dad life. You you don't right. get privacy in the bathroom. It happens. Yeah. To well, moms too. Yeah. I know it's 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 a parent thing. I guess I'll say right. like as soon as you've got kids, the bathroom is no longer a refuge, especially right. when you have right. little kids. If they know oh, yeah. you're in the bathroom, bang, bang, bang. What are you doing in there? <laughs> no escape at oh, all. Oh, my gosh. Not for a second. Mm-mm. No, not at all. But Tom and Michelle, we're so happy that you're here. We're so excited to finally get a chance to talk to you. We are big fans of your podcast. And also, I, I have to say, I admire the fact that you have this Disney Dishes blog that you do as well. Because yeah. I talk all the time about things I'd like to do in addition to our podcast. And there is no time. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. Um, so, so props for that. But um, for those who may not be familiar, and by the way, if you're not already listening, subscribed, and, and if you haven't already given Tom and Michelle a five-star review, I don't know what you're doing with your life. So get out there and do it. But but if it, just in case there are some people listening who maybe they haven't, let's talk a little bit about Hyperion Adventures. I think you actually started right around the time that we started our podcast uh, back in 2018. Yeah, yeah, I think we, we were doing the math on it, and I think it was pretty close. We started in in June of 2018. Early June right. was uh, when we first decided. I convinced her after much prying that we <laughs> should do this podcast thing uh, because you know we were uh, so much talking Disney all the time to our family to our. <laughs> Friends, they got tired of it, uh, so we decided let's just put it out in the ether and see if anybody actually has any interest in hearing us talk about Disney. And so far, it's been fun, and we've really enjoyed it. And people have actually wanted to listen to us, which is kind of cool. I know, surprising, yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, so my, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when did you guys start exactly? We actually started in May of 2018. So okay. right. I think our, our first episode may have been on May the 4th. I don't remember. I don't know that. if that was a Monday, but it's possible. But it was like the first week of May. So yeah, we started just, just right before you guys. And I don't know if you experienced the same thing, but for us, there were, there were months of preparation kind of went into that launch. Um, and, you know, Sam was the one who really, what, what, what was it? Uh, fact checked. Okay, fact checked. Uh, May 4th was not <laughs> on was a Monday. It? That was on a Friday. Okay, so so you're it was wrong. actually May and the seventh. Yeah, it was close. May the seventh be with you. Um, <laughs> that's what I say. I say it all through May. So whatever, yeah. right? Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, um, and and I was the one that kind of uh, Sam had the idea to kind of do a podcast together with the kids, and and I was the one who brought the Disney idea into it. So I want to know 
give us a little insight into how did you decide to do a podcast? And I know, like, obviously you both have a love for Disney, um, and that was kind of a natural thing for you all to talk about. But, like, what led you to, to podcasting, really? Well, I, I mean, like like we said, um, Tom was mentioning, hey, let's do a podcast about Disney. And I'm thinking, who would even begin to listen to us? And that's what I thought was crazy that yeah. he did that. But it has become an amazing hobby that we share. Um, yes, it just brings another dimension of being able to talk about Disney things. Um, but even outside of the podcast, being able to like interact with people like you and, and really get into listening to your podcast and everything. It's been a fun ride yeah so we talked we talked about it for about six months i first brought it up and we went to a couple of walt disney world trips right. uh, at that time including that we did a run disney trip where we ran our first half marathon oh, wow. uh, in april and that was like kind of the last and we had this wonderful stay we had recently uh, joined the disney vacation club as well so it was one more thing under our belt and we just decided <laughs> let, let, let's just kind of push this thing forward and, and do something and you know it took a little convincing with her she didn't like she said that anyone would listen right it's like well it'll be fun for us either way and we've just been shocked at you know how much it's picked up and you know every time we put up an episode that actually people how many people really want to listen to us here let's talk about this it's crazy (laughs) well i think one of the other things that kind of helped influence it was we were looking at the mom's panel the Mm. disney mom's panel and and trying to you know look at applying for that as well and then kind of saying well if even if we didn't get that a podcast would be a way that we could share some some ideas or share some tips that we've experienced yeah definitely and you all have a special perspective because you bring the disney world and disneyland perspective to the show which is something that i really appreciate when any time that i listen to your show and um, I, I know we were talking kind of pre-show, Michelle, you've got the Disney World background and Tom, right. yours is more Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really feel like that brings a nice balance. Our, you know, on our show, we always focus just on the East Coast over here because we have a big blind spot when it, in terms of Disneyland. Um, so I have to get my, I've got to get my Disneyland fix and it's a good way to do it by listening to your show. Mm-hmm. Well, no, thanks. <laughs> I mean, we live on the West Coast now, so uh, I, I pried her out of Florida and brought her over to the <laughs> West Coast. And uh, so now we get to Disneyland much more often, but we still are annual pass holders at right. Walt Disney World. And we still try and make at least a couple trips out there uh, every year and, uh, you know, just enjoy the heck out of both, right. uh, both resorts. Yeah. I don't know how you couldn't. Yeah. I, I don't understand yeah. people who don't, but, you know, right. that's another story. Exactly. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> I've never been to Disneyland, and I'm going to go so bad. Um, uh, yeah. But I'd like to go to all the Disneys around the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one seems like something we could do more recently than going to, like, other country ones. But right. Maybe, um, maybe next year or something we can make our way out there. Yeah, we've been talking about it yeah yeah uh-huh. we've, been, we've been talking about we do need to do a disneyland trip and i think we need to do it before mckenna flies away from the nest yeah um i think that would be really good i mean for us i think that that wouldn't have even been on the radar maybe like a year and a half two years ago because mm-hmm. you know sam wasn't even the like 
all on board yet with the the whole idea of like Disney World. She liked it, but she wasn't like the fanatic that she is now. Mm-hmm. So see, it's been a progression. <laughs> I had to get her to that point. And now, <laughs> now we can go to Disneyland, which it's is awesome. It's so weird because before we moved here, and I actually wasn't trying to move here because of Disney. I got recruited for this job, but um, whenever I moved here and I was like, well, I'm going to go to Disney. I'm going to like just figure it all out and figure out fast passes and stuff. And then I could see like after um, a couple months of being here on my own, I was like going every single weekend. <laughs> so I don't know. Podcast changed me. It did. <laughs> it's actually one of the things I've enjoyed listening to your show. I mean, I probably right. Michelle would agree with me is that progression Sam, you've made over the months of, <laughs> since you moved out there without the family originally and just kind of, we could see you or hear you actually kind of falling more and more in love with Walt Disney yeah. World as the show progressed. And uh, yeah. I just thought it was a, a fascinating, uh, you know, experiment. In, right. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was really weird. <laughs> it's worked out well for me. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> and now that's where all our money goes. Yeah, well, <sighs> you know. Yeah. But, yeah. Welcome to the club. Yeah, We're okay. Welcome to the club. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so you've got this great podcast and then just in the last year, you've started uh, another Disney content creation adventure, which is the Disney Dishes blog. So I wanted to talk about this because I think it's very interesting. Tell us what the idea behind this blog is. Okay, well, we were looking for another avenue to kind of put some skills that I have to work. And Michelle came up with this great idea that, you know, there, there's these, uh, you know, there's not a lot of people out there creating Disney dishes and putting it on the web and uh, allowing people to bring them into their own home, some of the food they love when they go to the parks, when they go to the resorts. So she looked it up and saw that this Disney dishes blog was wide open. And um, I happened to have some background for a little while. Uh, I kind of was out of a job and needed to change my career, (laughs) went to culinary school, we started a catering company, ran right. it for about five years. Then I got back involved in the, the business I was working in before and went back by the wayside. But I still am creating this food. So Michelle thought, hey, why don't we put uh, these two things together? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just kind of like, you know, there is a lot out there on what foods are at the parks and that people can see that. And there are some cookbooks out there, but you really didn't. There's really not a lot of blogs that really show somebody how to take that fun back home. Right. Yeah, no, I I love it. I mean, this is one of the things, like, Sam, I'm sure, is very interested in this blog. I am. Because, yeah, (laughs) because Sam is definitely the chef in our house. Mm -hmm. I am not allowed in the kitchen, typically. I get get shooed out if I try to come in there at all. Um, But... Not only does she, I mean, she does a great job in the kitchen with the things that she makes, but she likes to experiment with things. And because of her new, newly found love of Disney, she likes to, she likes this idea of creating like Disney things at in, right here in our house. So, and I'm sure that you're not the only person out there. Mm-hmm. This is one of those things that like can really help people have a little bit of that taste of Disney when they can't be there. And I think that's awesome i think that's great you're giving you're giving people the ability to to do something creative and and get their get their hands on you know um building their own magic right in their own house which is very cool 
Thank yeah. you. It's it's a lot of fun, and you know I'm, I'm making these meals anyway for dinner every night or something along those lines. So, yeah. Uh, so I decided like, hey, let's have some of this Disney food. But I also uh, have peppered in some of my own personal recipes that are our favorites around there right now. Uh, obviously, we're uh, in the Thanksgiving week, and uh, I am have done this uh, some uh, recipes to kind of help you maybe have some different dishes on the Thanksgiving table. A lot of these are my own recipes that I've used for many years and I know Michelle loves very much. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm the winner of this uh, blog that he has. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I'm going to come over. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. And But, it, you know, it's really good too that how he really shows how to use just regular, you know, you don't have to have like a special chef's kitchen to do this. You can do it in your home with the equipment that you have, what foods to find out at the regular at your regular grocery store, you know, and give that step by step, even with pictures of you know how to work things through. Yeah, it's awesome. You should yeah. um, get some really good instant pot Disney recipes. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> a good point. We don't actually have an instant pot. We, right. we should uh, get one of those. Uh, maybe up go on the Christmas list this year, Santa. Yeah. If you're yeah. listening, <laughs> I love my instant pot. <laughs> I got one last year for. Christmas. Christmas. I love it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. We'll put in a good word with Santa for you because (laughs) I appreciate that. It really does. I mean, it's, I can even use it. It's easy enough that I can use it. So, yes. Not sponsored by Instant. Not sponsored by Instant. (laughs) Hashtag hashtag not an ad. (laughs) I don't know. I I heard Landon's ad the other day that he did on your show. I think that he could really sell uh, Instant Pot if if he did want to sponsor you guys. That was kind of my idea. I'm like, let's show the world world that Landon does a good ad read and maybe yeah, you know yeah. you know maybe somebody's like all right well we'll give this podcast a chance <laughs> throw him a few go. dollars <laughs> there you go yeah um, well, we think it's really exciting that you're interested in coming out to Disneyland and you come out we'll be your tour guide oh yes. that would be great that'd be awesome we we definitely would need a hand because none of us have been to California Adventure at all mm-hmm. and and as we mentioned like I've been to Disneyland but it was a very long time ago um, 17 years now and um, and I didn't even get to experience the full you know, like experience of Disneyland um, I, I know it makes every time I mention it it makes fr- uh, Frank Cardillo have a shiver because the, the actually the Matterhorn was down the day that I was there um, which yeah that's yeah <laughs> that was a, an extreme disappointment but right. uh, but I still got to do I, it was a busy day I got to do a lot of stuff and um, but I'm excited to go back and I know that it's changed a lot mm-hmm. um, very much yeah so that's actually a good segue thank you Michelle for uh, what we were going to kind of roll into here hold on yes I'm gonna ask a question ask it and it may be the dumbest question ever but as someone who's never been to Disneyland I'm sure people have this question in their mind too um, that have never been do you guys have fast passes like on an app and stuff yes oh yes okay it's very different but we do have fast passes um, but you don't have to have it on an app um, you can they still have uh, scanners that are paper that's just a reminder oh okay you you use your ticket but it works differently it's not in advance you don't activate it until you actually 
enter into the park. Okay. Uh, here's the thing with Disneyland that's different from Walt Disney World. Uh, Walt Disney World is is so much focused on the visitor that come in from out of town or are going to stay a week or whatever. Whereas Disneyland feeds most of their patronage off of Los Angeles, Orange County, San Diego, Santa Barbara, millions of people mm. uh, right within a you know 90 minute to two hour tops yeah. traveling distance so uh you, you don't get fast passes like you do for the walt disney world resort uh 60 days out right you actually have to check into the park before you can actually get any fast passes uh they, they do have an app that you can either purchase as part of your annual pass or you can purchase it on the day of when you're there called max pass which is allows you to do fast passes right on your phone on mm. that day once you've checked in but also if you don't want to pay that money they do have the paper fast right. passes that you can get while you're huh. there you know in the segment that we call m34d on this show we do a lot of deep dives into attractions and, and we've been focused on magic kingdom um over the last year or so and um, one of the things we talk about a lot is, oh, here's an attraction that started at Disneyland, but now it's at Magic Kingdom. And sometimes we find that there's an attraction that we have at Magic Kingdom that actually ended up porting back over to Disneyland. It's it's a little more rare, but it does happen. Um, and so, Tom and Michelle, being that you've got the perspective on both parks, I kind of wanted to talk through that just a little bit and kind of get your feelings on when there is an attraction that exists on both coasts, what preference do you have between the two? And uh, are there any, like just hands down favorites on one side or the other well just in a general sense when i was preparing for the show today um and i have graphs and things if you need me to <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome no. that's amazing no just charts but anyway um, <laughs> uh, really it was funny because i remember always feeling like Gosh, going to Disney World. And I started when I was young. My parents took us there when I was young. And it, so it's always had such a, a, you know, a fond part in my heart. And I always felt like so excited the thought of going to Disney World, even when I was still living in Florida. Every time, any time I could go, I was excited. And I didn't really feel like that when I first came to Disneyland. Uh, it has changed over the years. Now I get just as thrilled and excited. But it was funny making this list. I kept thinking, oh, I'm going to overwhelm like the Disney World rides because everything is bigger and, you know, much larger than life and things like that. And as I was going through, I was like, wow, no, this one, I like the Disneyland version better and this one. And, and so I've learned to, I think, whether it's just because it is they are better being smaller and quainter or just I've learned to love that charm in them. But there's a lot at Disneyland that I've learned to really love. And, and hopefully we can share that with you. Here's what I've found about uh, the attractions. Disneyland is always trying to, again, we talking about the population that's nearby. Uh, they're trying to keep it exciting, trying to change things up, give you more reasons to visit multiple times throughout the year to keep those annual passes going. So they do these special overlays a lot more than Walt Disney World does. Uh, they do jazz up some of their attractions a little bit more. But I will say one thing that Walt Disney World always has going for it, and this is partially because of the climate that you know you live in uh, with that heat and humidity for all except for maybe like five days of the year uh, that there are a lot of the queues that are indoors that are much more interactive uh, right. they are built for people to try and get out of the heat as much as possible to get out of the humidity as much as possible but still be entertained while you're waiting in line for 60 minutes or for whatever attraction right. it may be so I always find the queues at Walt Disney World to be That's just a bit better than at Disneyland yeah I would totally agree with that 
That's interesting. And it brings me to the first one, which I think is kind of a, I think it's a good place to start because the comparison is going to be very easy. Both, both of the attractions are identical except for the fact that one is covered and that's the mad tea party. So, I mean, I really like the look of the one in California because I think it's really neat that it's just kind of out in the open the way that it is. Um, And the one here in Disney World, it feels like it's just a little more cramped and not claustrophobic, but that's the idea of being kind of encased in this frame. Um, It gives it kind of a different feel and aesthetic. So, so that's one that, you know, we've got it both places, but when I look at it just visually, I think, I, I mean, I'm not going to ride it because it's going to make me super yeah, nauseous. I but say, I don't care where how cool you make those teacups look. I'm not getting on there. <laughs> but but it is pretty cool that like y- you can have an attraction like that that's just outside in California right. because it's the weather is a little easier to deal with. So right, and, and that's true. I think um, all the things that you you said are absolutely true. You know, at Di- Walt Disney World, you do feel a little bit more because it's all enclosed. You know. C- kind of that claustrophobic feeling although with the sun in florida you wouldn't want it any other way than right. that you know you would want that and i think you can then appreciate more the music you can hear it better because it's enclosed and kind of holding that sound in but it is a lot more traditional and fun at disneyland and you're so close to other rides around it that are very nostalgic you know yeah well also you know the, the mad tea party uh the teacups here at disneyland they're all right directly across like literally it's a small walkway right. in between the actual Alice in Wonderland attraction so you have that right next to it adding kind of to the whole yeah the whole area and oftentimes Alice will be there and the Hatter will be walking right. around right in that area so you kind of it's just its own little immersive little corner right. I mean everything is really compact within uh, Disneyland you know because of the space limitations mm-hmm. that they had and that but that really captures that Alice in Wonderland feeling in that space yeah so verdict on this one Disneyland better I yes. think although I, I, I'm like you I will never be on it <laughs> I, do, uh, I do agree with you but Disneyland does have a a stage teacup outside the ride that you can get your picture taken in and you don't have to be on the ride then. Pretend like you're spinning. Yes. Yeah, I like that. They've got one at the Disney, isn't it Disney style that's got a teacup in there at Disney Springs? I think so. So, you know, again, a good place for a photo op. You don't need to get all the nausea that you might get from really experiencing the ride. Yeah. That Uh, popcorn needs to stay in my belly. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm going to move down the list. Let's talk about Jungle Cruise. So, and and really, I have no idea. Is the one at Disneyland much different than the one at Disney World? I find it different in that, that there's just a, a couple areas there. Um, for the most part, it's they're very similar attractions. Uh, there is that uh, whole cave area that you go into with the uh, the cobras and right, right. the tiger and stuff. Yeah, That's, that is different uh, at the Walt Disney World, at the Magic Kingdom version. Uh, the Disneyland version was interesting because, I, I mean, obviously they've built it up since 1955 when it opened, mm-hmm. but they were very much on a budget when they were trying mm-hmm. to open it up. So they were doing everything they could just to kind of fill out the flora and fauna through that area. Whereas when they built Magic Kingdom, they're like, eh, we got a big budget. Just, you know, get whatever you want. So they, you know, sometimes the, a lot of the uh, tropical plants there are, are right. a little more lush. But, uh, you know, I, I, I you know, the, the thing about the Jungle Cruise, it doesn't matter where you are. It's all about your skipper. Exactly. Yeah, they right, are, and that's right. what makes the attraction. Good point. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, the you you feel closer to all everything in the Disney World, Disneyland one because it is smaller. Uh, the Disney World ride is a little longer. Um, like Tom said, you have that section, you know, um, that you go through that doesn't exist on the other one. Uh, the Jingle Cruise overlay is cute, mm-hmm. and we don't have that on the West Coast. Um, we have had it in the past, but yeah. we haven't had it for a couple of years right. now. Yeah. But yeah, the skippers are the ones that really make it happen in yeah. that yeah. attraction. Okay. So in this one, is it kind of a toss-up, you think? Or where, where do you give the edge to the Jungle Cruise? I put a slight edge with Disney World. Mm, I give a slight edge to Disneyland because it was the original. Yeah. It's, it started it all. Walt yeah. wrote in it. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I always, when it, when it comes difference. down to Walt, um, I kind of always <laughs> regularly give the edge unless it's an extremely better attraction right. somewhere else. Marital dispute one. <laughs> <laughs> no, we also had one about the stuffing and uh, kind of about the stuffing and true, dressing. Right. So this is, true. we're really true. trying to drive a wedge here. <laughs> that later. <laughs> um, so let's stay on the water. And this time I want to talk about the happiest cruise to ever set sail. And that is, of course, small world so this one i actually have distinct memories of riding at disneyland and i can tell you my preference is the disneyland version so that's just me weighing in what do you guys think it's my michelle's favorite attractions so yeah that was my first attraction ever at disney world was small world when i was little and i loved it um so this one's tougher to to kind of separate because I do think that at Walt Disney World, to me, it seems bigger. It seems like there's a there's no empty spaces. That everything is full, 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 um, and you feel like you're really in a river because you don't really see the boundaries of the water. Sometimes they're like hidden by uh, the actual part of the attraction itself, and so you feel a lot more spacious in that regards. Whereas at um, Disneyland, you you definitely see where the water ends. You see the canal that you're riding in and everything. But they do have some interesting things. They've actually incorporated characters that are from Disney movies and it puts them where they would live or where the, the theme of their movie is from. So like you might have you, you have like Woody and Jesse where the USA section is and um, Aladdin and Jasmine are flying over ta- the Taj Mahal. Um, Lilo, Lilo and Stitch. Ariel are in the uh, Polynesian section. Nice. So I mean it's really fun to see those characters incorporated in this ride you know all you, i can think about i'm so sorry i didn't mean to cut no, you off. no worries but all i can think about is all of these people around here i say these people that wasn't nice <laughs> but <laughs> the people around here who are like no ip <laughs> <laughs> they don't like it uh, yeah, yeah I know, there I are know. some people who will not like i'm not i i am not i have no problem with ip personally. me neither yeah, yeah. yeah at some point we we could get into a long discussion of, of that that whole thing yeah. but um, how can you be upset with peter pan and tinkerbell flying in <laughs> the small world right. over london skies yeah uh here's the th- <laughs> uh, you so you went with walt disney world over well, Disneyland. i a little bit except if okay my only difference here that throws it over the top way way over the top better is Christmas time. The Christmas overlay at Disneyland is phenomenal. Mm. It's oh. just 
crazy great because it's playing It's a Small World and then it interjects some other Christmas carols in between. All the characters, everybody, every doll, everybody, they're like real people. (laughs) Every doll there has something either in their hands or a bow in their hair, something that is holiday themed. And so it it takes it over the top during the holiday time. Mm -hmm. It's a Small World in Disneyland is a billion times better than at the Walt Disney World <laughs> Resort. Uh, the, the outer facade is yeah. amazing yes, to look at true. with uh, the topiaries and it, it's just, it's classic. It's beautiful. Definitely during the holiday season where they light it all up with Christmas lights. It's so good. Now you can take this either way. It is a longer attraction uh, version of the attraction <laughs> than at the Walt Disney World Resort. So that may be good for you or sure. that may be bad for you, depending on how many times you want to hear that song over and over again in your head. But I just find it, yes, I agree with you that there are some blank spaces within this. But again, it's the original. Walt built it. It was sure. from the 64 World's Fair. He wrote in it. Uh, it's the better of the two attractions, in, in my opinion. I'm I, I, right. You just don't get as much ambiance out of it at Walt Disney World. It doesn't feel as different to me. Whereas it stands apart. It is, it's, it's, it's its own. I don't know. It's, it, 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 it just is this great landmark within Disneyland See, itself. And I think that's why for me, it kind of tipped the scales in, uh, in the Disneyland direction, because you're right that the show building is impressive mm-hmm. just by itself. Right. And it just, it really does feel like more of an experience rather than something that's just kind of crammed in, which it kind of feels like it is in magic kingdom. So, right. I just really want to go now. <laughs> yeah. I have not been. I can't even <laughs> tell you guys what my opinion is. <laughs> yeah, we can't wait to invite you out here. Have yeah. you out here yeah. for sure. You know, one of the things about the IP, and I get, I, I you know, I, I try to be open-minded to people who feel a certain way, but they need to ride It's a Small World at Disneyland and see kids pointing out, oh, there's Ariel or there's Nemo, yeah. you know, and they just get so excited that you can't help but love that. Yeah, yeah. it makes a difference for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. You see that magic in the kids' eyes, and it kind of maybe oh, yeah. softens some of the curmudgeon nature you might have inside. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I know some pr- pretty grumpy old yeah, guy yeah, out well. there. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's you know. I, I also think that we we live in a bubble a little bit on Dis Twitter and the Disney community. That you know, many people are are veterans of of Disney and don't necessarily want to see things change yeah. or you know. But the fact is, especially with the Walt Disney World Resort and Disneyland, too, that there are so many people that aren't going regularly like we are uh, that, you know, when they go, they want to find, you know, that character that they love in various Mm -hmm. different areas. That's why it doesn't bother me that IP exists. Uh, You know, as long as they're still making solid attractions that we love, if it involves IP... doesn't bother me. I mean, that's how it all originated anyways. That's why we have... There's yeah. no IP in Fantasyland. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tom. I feel like this is a message for me to just get over it. And I'm... Not I at all. I, I respect everybody's opinion and everybody feels the way they feel. I'm just expressing mine. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm going to stay in water attractions because I think this is our last one, and it's Splash Mountain. And this is one that I, if I'm remembering correctly, it existed in uh, Magic Kingdom and Disney World first, and then it was placed in Disneyland. So um, what are your opinions on the Splash Mountain log ride? Michelle. Okay. Um, My knee shaking 
is the same in both of the attractions <laughs> during that ride waiting for the drop. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> that doesn't that that doesn't change. Um and again, there you know, th- this is one I know it's kind of a cop out like I like something about this one and something better about that one. Um I like that you get to sit next to somebody at Disney World mm. versus, you know, straddling and being one person by themselves. And again, maybe some of that is that I can hold on to somebody's arm that isn't freaking out like I am, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so so that part I like better. Um, I like the soundtrack better at Disneyland, though. I think it has a little bit more eerie sound to it. Mm. But the view at the top bar none is better at Disney World. Hmm. See, this is interesting because I don't believe in all of our trips to Walt Disney World that I've ever been on Splash Mountain. I've been on Disneyland many, many times, but I don't think I've ever been, so I can't really compare the two. I love the Disneyland version. I like the idea of the Walt Disney World version, but I I, I have to kind of excuse myself from this one because I can't truly compare the two more than just like what I've seen on YouTube or whatever the case may be. (laughs) Yeah, I think... um, from what I've heard, it, it, you know, it, this one is one of those that kind of just goes to preference because, like you said, the mm-hmm. the, the ride vehicles are a bit different. Um, there are a few things that are changed between the two, but uh, for the most part, it's it's not anything that's drastic, and it really just comes down right. to maybe which one you rode first or something is probably yeah. I don't know, right? But but yeah, okay. That one we'll we'll say that one is a bit of a toss up, but I think we landed on Disney World, Michelle. Are you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, think Disney World. All right, and that's what I, that's actually what I've heard is that the Disney World mm-hmm. one is slightly better than the Disneyland one. But again, I just have no experience with it. Yeah, I just love when they you know they're saying I'll show you your happy place, <laughs> and you see the castle. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Mean, you see Disney World. It's like, uh, duh. Yeah. <laughs> Perfectly said. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, Peter Pan's flight. Now, what I understand about Peter Pan's flight is really it's pretty much the same in both places. Mm-hmm. I, I think right. the I think the main thing is just the there's a fancier sign in Disney World, but otherwise, mm-hmm. same thing. So we're gonna call that one just a tie. I think well, the, the queue is so much better at Walt Disney, Disney World. World yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, I actually would give that the edge. Just, I mean, if you're going to be waiting in line for it, if you're not going to have a fast pass, okay, that's uh, fair. The queue is a million times better. That's fair. I think that's. I think we can factor that in. But that that's something actually we've never experienced the the queue because we always if we ride Peter Pan we fast pass it. The, yeah. the, the oh, standby yeah, the standby wait is too much. Yeah, not right. for that ride. Not right. staying there that long. <laughs> I think yeah. it was one time where we got, for whatever reason, we were there and it was only like 30 minutes. And so we did the actual queue. Yeah. Because um, we just didn't have any fast passes. We just had some time to kill. So we did the queue at once and got to see it, uh, how interactive it was. Mm-hmm. But other than that, we're the same way. It's like that, that for yeah. what that attraction is. And that attraction is great, you know, for it's a nice dark ride, but the lot, the not for 90 for minutes always or whatever. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not trying to say anything bad about Peter Pan, but at the same right. time, no reason to wait that long for yeah. it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. We're getting to some heavy hitters now. So this is where things could start to get ugly. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think I want to start with Big Thunder Mountain. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on Big Thunder? I'll let you go first. Ah, see, now... I find this is the one time where I actually lean towards the Walt Disney World Resort one. I just mm-hmm. find it, it the 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 whole 
it, it encompasses the storyline that's kind of behind the attraction itself right. better. Um, I think it's a little more exciting there than it is at at uh, Disneyland. I think Disneyland's a little mm-hmm. more compact. Uh, it just does, isn't quite the thrill ride that you get from the Walt Disney World Resort. So I would give uh, Walt Disney World a slight edge. You Magic Kingdom a slight edge. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. Um, it, I think, too, just when you're... Like, if you go to Big Thunder at Disneyland in the daytime, it just kind of looks a little bit kind of not daunting at all. So mm. it's like, oh, yeah, it's just a little train ride, you know. But they do have a cool <laughs> explosion at the end. But, um, <laughs> Spoiler but, alert. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't have to ride it. <laughs> no, no. It's great. But yeah, I think I agree. Um, I would give the edge to, to definitely to Disney World. Now, I have a question. We discovered when we did the M34D for Big Thunder Mountain that apparently it's pretty effective at helping people pass kidney stones. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you, do you know if that's true about the Disneyland version? I've only read that story. I've never passed a kidney stone <laughs> with the help of the. Uh, I don't know if any. Mountain, right. But. I do believe that story is. Tr- I mean, I believe that the the type of ride is the same, so it could do it that. Could but I just don't think that it has happened there. See, I, <laughs> I find it interesting because I think that if you ever, you, obviously, you didn't get the chance to ride on the Matterhorn. Yeah. Like the Matterhorn, as jerky as that is, that seems like that. That would be the one. <laughs> that would be the one that would help you pass that kidney stone. <laughs> I mean, you come out of there and your bones lake a little bit after going through that one. Oh man. Yes. I feel like someone needs to get a kidney stone and let us know how (laughs) this goes. We need need an experiment. We do. (laughs) I mean, I don't want you to have a kidney stone, but if you get one, yeah, happen to have one. Yeah, have this experiment. We'd like to run. We'll pay for your entry. (laughs) (laughs) Yourself. I don't know about that. That's expensive. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. Well. I don't want to be the test subject, but yeah, certainly if there's someone out there who uh, can can verify this for us, that would be great. But according to everything I read, it's true. So who knows? Um, Okay. I don't know which one to go with next. I think I think I want to go. Let's go with pirates because I have so many questions about the Disneyland pirates. So let's start with Pirates of the Caribbean. Which do you think is the better experience? Tom and Michelle. Um, just to answer that question, Disneyland. Yeah, yeah. it's easy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hands down. Uh, Disneyland's better. Uh, it was made the right way. Uh, the building that it's in is really cool. And it's right under the dream suite, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. um, which is always when you're in the queue, you can kind of peek up at that. Uh, it, it, it's a longer attraction. Uh, the story plays out better at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple dips in it that are, are fun. And I, I, I just I just like it. Like I said, I think it's more about the storyline, the way the storyline is supposed to play out. It plays out in a better order on the Mm. Disneyland one. Right. And, you know, you have a little bit of lag at the beginning to get you into that mode and get your eyes visually ready for the darkness, too. So it has that um, that Louisiana Louisiana Bayou scene, which is kind of cool and just kind of sets like a little bit of an eerie feel to you once you get on the ride. So, Mm. yeah. I uh, I remember this one, but I, it for for some reason it's not as vivid as my memory of Small World. I don't rem- I don't know why. Um, but I think the thing that I'm so curious about this is I love the fact that there's the restaurant, the Blue Bayou, there that you get to pass by when you first sit on the ride. I wonder. I this is something that I've always been like. I want to eat at Blue Bayou so bad. Is it a good restaurant? 
Yeah. Eh. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It depends where you sit. It really right. does. Uh, if you're waterside, if you can, if you're willing to wait for a table waterside, the food is okay. It's not okay. like amazing food. It's okay food. It's pretty good. It's not the best food you ever had. Uh, but if the ambiance is built up, if you have a waterside table yeah. where you can watch the boats go by, you can see the bayou. If you're kind of more towards mm-hmm. the front or the middle of this, the, the dining room, it kind of loses some of that. And then it just becomes a mediocre restaurant. Right. Some dishes that are pretty good, some dishes that are not so much. Okay. So, um, I, I always will recommend that if you want to eat there, definitely do it for the experience, but wait and you know, be willing to wait for a waterside table if right. you can do it. That makes sense. And I think that that's the same thing I would tell people if they were interested in trying the San Angel Inn in the the Mexico Pavilion. The the food is just fine. And where, unfortunately, when we went, they sat us as far away from the water as possible. So we didn't even get to experience the ambiance quite as much, which, yeah, it took away from it. I. If if we were going to get that experience every time, I wouldn't go back there. No. So right. yeah, it sounds like it's a similar thing. They're they're really they probably think well we've you know the selling point is that you're here at the Pirates of the Caribbean ride and you get to see the boats go by. We don't have to worry right. so much about like blowing people's mind with good dishes. Come on. You <laughs> throw in the fact as adults that uh, it's Disneyland and there's only one place in Disneyland that actually serves alcoholic beverages right. and that's over on Black Spire Outpost. So you can't even enjoy a nice glass of wine while you're oh. watching the boats go by or whatever. Uh, I don't like that. (laughs) Exactly. So that's why we don't go there that much, but we have experienced fun. Interesting point on this is that um, we've been to Disneyland Paris and they have a restaurant that's kind of similar to it on their Pirates of the Caribbean attraction. Only it's it's kind of in the midway through, not at the beginning. Uh, But when you're on the attraction, as you go through, you kind of come out this cave and you're there and there's this restaurant by. And a lot of times you'll be there and the patrons of the restaurant you know, well, or, or when you're sitting there at the restaurant, the, the people that are on the attraction will come by and, you know, wish you a bon appetit as you're sitting there <laughs> at the restaurant eating it. It's yeah. very fun, actually. It's, it's a cool way to experience uh, dining by the Parrots. Right, the right. Caribbean. Yeah, definitely. We did that and it was so funny. Like, I mean, had to be about 50 times we did bonjour, bon appetit. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> One of my French friends always goes, bon appetit. I'm like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I've already started eating. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, now we're going to have to experience that. So put Disneyland parents on the list. I already told you I want to go. Okay. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Just making sure. I, I can tell you right now, honey, I want to go to any of them. All of them, right? Yeah. So okay. Just, All right. Wait, just, a, wait a couple years till they do the new updates to Disneyland Paris uh, because it, it's been lacking for a little while. Uh-huh. We went a couple times and it's fun, but it just didn't quite have that Disney feel to it that you expect. But Disney is obviously, you guys know, has retaken it over, bought it up, and right. now they're uh, they're putting it back up to Disney kind of standards. So yeah. it's it's. I, I have a feeling in a couple of years it's going to be uh, a different place you want to stop for sure. Okay, so maybe the next one after Disneyland, we'll we'll just go to Tokyo Disneyland and Disney Sea. Oh, Is that yeah. okay? Let's Can just we do, do that? it. Yeah. Okay. I, like Good. it's nothing. I'm glad we're on the same mm-hmm. page. <laughs> no planning needed okay. or anything. No. <laughs> ramen for the next five years, honey. <laughs> yeah, it can't be. You can make the all the things that Tom's going to show us how to make from the Disney Dishes blog, and That's you know, right. yeah, we just with the stuff pantry. we have here in the kitchen. That still costs money. <laughs> ramen is fifteen cents a bag. That's right. <laughs> There's plenty of food at the dollar store. No, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay, I almost forgot about one of these. I don't know how, uh, but I think we have to 
talk about Space Mountain. Um, mm-hmm. So this is a this is another one. I don't think I rode this at Disneyland. I don't. I, I think I somehow missed it. I don't what? know how, but yeah. So I, I, again, I don't have viv- very strong memories of it. But we certainly ride it a lot here at Disney World because it's one of our daughter's favorite rides. So um, tell us all about the Space Mountain experience. I would say Disneyland is better. Um, definitely, the music is at a better level that you can really you know they can interject that of course when they do the overlays so we have like the hyperspace mountain that has the star wars and what was the other one ghost um ghost galaxy yeah ghost galaxy that's it yeah so um and i don't know i wouldn't have known this except that i heard about it that they updated the track and it feels smoother i i don't know that i Detected that. <laughs> it's another one of those rides that if you ever have a kidney stone, that's the attraction that might help you. On. But that's what they say. But yeah, yeah definitely the, the the ability to do better sound quality in the ride because you know you have those seats um, and the the lighting and the different visuals that they add to it. Isn't the ride vehicle in Disneyland? You get to sit side by side, right? It's two by right. two. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, oh, that's, that's huh? cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah, I mean it's it's different. I, I mean I think that if you just give it just pure Space Mountain as it is, I think it's slightly better. I think the queue's a little bit better at Walt Disney World uh, and I, at Magic Kingdom Park, and mm-hmm. I, I think the attractions are pretty much the same and maybe a little bit better at Walt Disney World. But the fact that you can go there in a certain time and do Hyper Space Mountain, mm-hmm. which is right. Awesome as Star Wars music is playing through and you know Tie Fighters and X Wings are flying sure. by your head as you're going through it. Uh, it, it, it that puts yeah. it, you know the Star Wars fan that I am that puts the Disneyland version over the top for me. Definitely, I that sounds yeah, awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty jealous of that. I I wish they could do the similar overlays here, and and you know of course for the villains party they they do an overlay, and for the not so scary party they just turn the lights out in Space Mountain and they just make it dark. <laughs> yeah, um, that's their overlay. But yeah, I I really am jealous of the Ghost Galaxy and the um and the Hyperspace Mountain. Those are things I've I've definitely watched YouTube videos on those and i'm like oh that looks so cool yeah, yeah they are good yeah so yeah, we'll, sure. we'll give the edge to disneyland on the space yes. mountain man. all right number one in our hearts haunted mansion the haunted mansion i knew oh. it i i'm so curious about this one because i love the disney world haunted mansion it's mm-hmm. so good. And then um, McKenna and I were in um, Disney World and... Did I say Disneyland? Home? No, you said Disney oh, okay. World. Um, McKenna and I, we were in Disney World at Magic Kingdom a couple weeks ago. Um, and a lady was talking to us about some of the things that um, you can see with Constance in her area of how, mm-hmm. like, the murder scene and stuff like that. And we were like, what? You know, we want to watch for this, but... <laughs> It's so clever. I love it. So sell me as to why Disneyland may be better or if it's not. Um, there are, let's see, eight months of the year, I would say Disney World is better. Seven and a half months. <laughs> Disney World is better. First of all, the queue at Disney World. Of course, if you do fast passes, you miss that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the queue is phenomenal at Disney World. So much interaction and so much to see and do that. You know that that's pretty pretty great on that. Um, you know, I, I think the ghosts that you pick up at the end at Disney World are much more creative. The mm-hmm. ones at Disneyland is you know the traditional ones. Um, but I like that about it. 
so before I get into the other overlay. Uh, I mostly I agree with completely with you. Oh, the, okay. the queue at the Walt Disney World Resort is just a billion times better. Not that we go through it a lot; we right. usually fast yeah. pass. But uh, you know, having walked through it a few times, mm-hmm. uh, it's so interactive. There's so many things going on. There's even a murder mystery yeah. uh, there that plays right. out right within it. It's just uh, really interesting and you just don't get that at Disneyland. Right. Uh, I, I kind of like the classic Victorian feel mm-hmm. of the Disneyland house, the Haunted Mansion itself, as opposed to the kind of the brick stone building right. that is, is more done at Walt Disney World. Maybe that's just because I grew up with it. I just kind of like that as a, a feeling as a mansion to right. me. It's just kind of what um, I, I, I think that I, as far as the attraction itself, I lean slightly to Disneyland, but I think they're uh, pretty much the same. However, uh, Michelle is going to be correct about why Disneyland is better here in just a moment. Yeah. For a little bit more than a, a quarter of the year, it is phenomenal here with the overlay of Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Oh. It's just insane. First of all, it's a completely different ride. Um, I mean, obviously, the, the the where the cars go is the same, but the theming is so different, and um, just how they incorporate that movie, and it's great because it really touches on both Halloween and Christmas time, so you can really enjoy it both times of the year for different reasons. But they have such creativity when they do that overlay that it's it's impressive mm-hmm. they, they jazz up the outside the queue going into right. it uh, all the way on the storyline goes all the way through uh till you get on your doom buggy and you know the, the animatronic for jack skeleton in there sally looking at it you know right. fawning over jack in, in the graveyard and such the cake that they build every single year they right. build a new cake and put it in the dining room scene oh, um, yeah. specifically for each year so it's right. different every year you get this waft of cinnamon as you go right. through that area it's incredible and we look forward to it every year it starts usually in august runs through christmas so you get the whole halloween and christmas season in it and uh just really puts that the, the disneyland version over the top for right. us personally right wow um yeah, even the stretching room, they they do different things that go along with the storyline. And so it's it's really so creative and so cute. That sounds pretty awesome. What do you think? Are you convinced? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I have a real love for <laughs> the Disney World Haunted Mansion. <laughs> um, yeah, you, can you, get that, you can get that anytime and yeah. love that. And we that's the benefit of we get out here right. is we get both versions of it, which yeah. we love. Haunted Mansion is my favorite attraction of all yeah. time. I love the Haunted Mansion. Right. But I also really, really love the, the twist on it they do with the addition of the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay to it. Right? Yeah, I want to see that. That sounds really cool. Yeah, and we have some big yeah, nightmare before it. Christmas fans in the house. Yeah, so. we uh, Tim Burton in general. I just right. love him, and so yeah, Nightmare Before Christmas was awesome when it came out. Yep, it's, yeah, it's, it still is. Yeah, if you love yeah, that you film, love it, uh, you will love, especially at that time of year, right before Halloween into Christmas. It's just it has that feel to it. That's just it's 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 magical the what, the way they transform that space. Right, hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so were you keeping score? No. Which one wins? Uh, I think Disneyland to them. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, I think most of the year Disney World, I, for me, I like it a, l- a bit I, better. I would say, I mean, like I said, I kind of like just because I grew up with the mansion itself. Right, but, but if you were right. to tell me which one I, 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 just as the haunted mansion itself, as the regular attraction, I'd probably lean towards Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. But uh, the other, uh, the addition that yeah. makes Disneyland be that much better to me. Yeah. Well, I think what you've convinced us of is that we just have to go to Disneyland 
Disneyland and see these things for ourselves so we can make our judgment yes. call on which one we prefer. Yeah, and I'm a food person. Tom, you and I, we're going to get along just fantastically. I actually wanted to be a chef, but um, that wasn't how my cards played out in life, and mm-hmm. that's fine. But I still plan to go to just culinary classes for fun. But if I go somewhere, I want to find the weirdest thing on the menu and try it because I love trying anything. I, I'm not hesitant to try almost anything. And so, except for like, I don't, I don't want to eat like uh, something really weird, you know, but I don't know. I probably <laughs> monkey would. Monkey brains? Yeah, I'm not going to eat Fresh monkey, monkey brains. brains. <laughs> <laughs> but... Disneyland always seems to have really cool food, yeah. and that's yes. one of the things that I, if I go there, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave twenty pounds heavier because I'm gonna find <laughs> everything and eat it. It just looks so cool. Good thing they don't say, wait, weigh you before you get on the plane to say, "Oh, right? you've gained twenty pounds. We're increasing the ticket." <laughs> the twenty-five dollar service charge. Yeah. Um, see, we we just had our good friends uh, Rob LaBerry from the mm-hmm. Jedi Temple Archives podcast and his wife come out and visit Disneyland, and uh, you know they got to experience one thing that they took in and were so excited for that they experienced is like the food was uh, so much better they said at, at Disneyland and they had some great points to this you know part of the reason for that is because of living in Southern California there is so many things that people can do to draw your attention away you know there's Hollywood there's the other theme parks yeah. around just as there are in Orlando but there's the beach there's the mountains there's so much within distance that you know you kind of and there's so many great restaurants that you kind of have to up your game food wise right. and Disneyland's done a great job of that and I'm not saying that they don't have the standard you know regular cheeseburger or whatever else but there are a lot of different food opportunities right. for, for foodies uh, you know to to check out and 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 really enjoy and they really hit up the holidays well while disney world is starting to finally uh, pick up the same thing where they're they're upping their food game for around the holidays right. but disneyland was kind of the leader of of that for the disney parks yeah right. well like i said i think i'm sold i think we've got to go i mean i was sold anyway yeah, let's be honest say, <laughs> when were we not twisting your arm there i I'm know sure, i Just, guess i guess we'll go at some point hopefully yeah. soon yeah i hope suffer so. through it yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I, I'm definitely even more excited than I was before. And and Tom and Michelle, I can't thank you enough for walking us through that and and helping us do the comparisons. It was very informative, and I mean a lot of uh, good information for those. I think a lot. I, well, I don't know. I don't know. We've got people that listen on West Coast too, but I think a lot of our audience probably is more focused on Disney World. So this will give a good taste for those people who maybe don't get often enough out to California. Yeah. So, I think so. Um, so it's very, very good. And, and, this has been a long time coming. I'm so glad we had the chance to have you guys on the show and I Likewise. hope that we can do it again soon. And Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But until then, I would like you to tell people where they can find you and all the stuff that you have for our Disney content. Um, th- those that are Disney content hungry out there in the world. Well, no, thank you. And really, it's just been a pleasure. And we're honored right. that you invited us to be on your show. It's it's we've been looking forward to this for a while. And we're glad we finally got to connect. And by the way, we are going to be out at Walt Disney World in December. So all right, maybe we'll be able to connect in person. Yes. We'll see. We'll talk about that. Uh, anyway, if, if you want to listen to the Hyperion Adventures podcast, you can find us 
pretty much everywhere you get podcasts. Uh, the best place to find us, however, is our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And as far as the Disney Dishes blog, we are at DisneyDishesBlog.com, at Disney Dishes on both Twitter and on Facebook. And on Instagram, we are at Disney Dishes Blog. Yeah, go subscribe. Do all of those things. Make sure that you connect with Tom and Michelle. They are wonderful people. They're so supportive and great members of the Disney Twitter, Facebook, Instagram community. And we're just happy that we get to call you guys friends. Yes. So, Aww, thank you. Likewise, we're, we're big fans of yours and your show. Uh, we miss the kids. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and again, thank you so much for letting us join you today. That's really awesome for us oh yeah, thank it was you our guys. pleasure we're and huge fans too <laughs> yeah Aww, yeah we, we definitely return those feelings so yeah so um thanks so much and then as as we wrap up today i'll also let you know that you can find us on all the social medias we're at morning monorail on twitter we're monday morning monorail on all the other things we've got a youtube we've got an instagram we've got a facebook we have a voicemail. I called it a toll-free number last week. If you if you want to give us a call, feel free. And then also, you can send us emails mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. The website is mondaymorningmonorailpodcast.com Thanks so much for listening. I hope you all have a magical week. Bye-bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. We hope you enjoyed the journey and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, we want to hear from you. Send us questions, comments, and suggestions on Twitter at Morning Monorail. Our email address is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. As we approach the station, gather your belongings and please watch your step as you exit. <laughs> See y'all.